Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Dash of Gingers presents Taskmaster Australia coverage for silent podcasts. Hello, everyone. I'm Ars of a Demon, Sarah Carradine podcasting from unceded Gadigal land. And I'm here with my co-host, month-old vegetable, Sean Bryan. Hello, Sean. Hello, hello. I'm Sean Bryan. And this week, I may be the most cursed thing because my week started (laughs) on a Monday morning, all dressed and ready for work. And then my daughter came over to give me a hug. But what she actually wanted was comfort because she was about to vomit in my general direction. And my initial instinct was, I need to save the couch. So rather than get the vomit all over myself on the couch, I caught it in my cupped hands with a perfect seal and then had a perfect bowl of vomit in my hands. And from there, I got vomited on a few more times that day. And then on Wednesday, which was my birthday, I ended up catching the virus, although I didn't vomit, which was much nicer. And now my partner's got the virus. <laughs> and you can hear the start of the virus Speaking in the background the there. And she appears, Sean, stop talking about it. <laughs> How are you this week, Sarah? I'm very good. I'm not cursed at all. In fact, I am most blessed. We have with us someone who always starts with Far North Queensland because she's not a psycho pop culture commentator, Hayley Strong. Hi, Hayley. How are you? I'm great. I am just beyond thrilled to be here. I love any opportunity I get to talk about Taskmaster of any iteration. So I'm I am just chuffed to be here, as the British would say. Actually, I don't know. Australians, do you say chuffed? Yeah, we say chuffed once in a while. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we say like chuffed. chuffed to bits sometimes. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Chuffed, yes. Oh, no, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haley, what is your Taskmaster origin story like? How did you, I'm always fascinated how North Americans get into this show, this very British show. I have had a lifelong affliction of being an Anglophile. British books, everything like that. I've always just really loved British stuff. And then so many years ago, 
um, a friend of mine got me to watch Big Fat Quiz. And she was like, you'll love this. And I said, great, great, great. Watched it. I loved it so much. And she was like, you know what? I have another show for you. You need to start watching Taskmaster. And I was like, okay. So I watched like one episode and I was like, I, I was hooked immediately. I think I started watching around the time season five was on like airing. But I, I think I started with like season two um, and then went back to season one and kind of caught all the way up. Um, and I've been watching it ever since. And then anytime another version of Taskmaster comes out in a language in which I don't have to read the subtitles, not a great subtitle reader. I I'm in. Call, call, call me. I am in for a uh, English language Taskmaster. Maybe maybe one day I'll watch the finished one and also the Quebec one. But it's Norway. Norway. I mean, listeners will know I've been banging on about Norway since the beginning. Yes, you do have to read it, but being Taskmaster, there's so much to watch, and you kind of get it. You can just glance. If you can bring yourself to read a subtitle, uh, Norway is my absolute number one non-English language Taskmaster, and it's amazing that you can say that because there are so many. Taskmasters or Taskmaster, perhaps. It's crazy because they're all, they all work. They are the same format with different people and they just all really work. They have so many different awesome creative people at the helm. Um, and, and it's not just like a copy and paste of, you know, the original task we see on the British Taskmaster. We see like, we actually see the British one take from the other versions, which is so fun, honestly. Um, it's been a really, it's been a really good dive into things. Like it's just, it is my favorite show on te television. I am very sparing with who I like tell to watch it because I'm so protective of it. Yes, yes. But Sean and I talked about this and some of our guests, why the US season, in our opinion, didn't work. I don't know if you agree with us why it had it sort of seemed to be set up correctly and yet there was no there there did you watch the US season or have you like many of our guests avoided it I yeah I've avoided it just based on the fact that I've always heard it's not great it's also like um kind of a copy and paste of of the original Taskmaster and I know that like one of the guys has seen original Taskmaster so he kind of like knew all of the cheats on one each task um and I'm also not like a big Lisa Lampanelli fan, and I just wasn't really interested. Um, Strangely, of all of them, she understood the game more than any of them. Interesting. I mean, I, I found her, you know, continual calling Sean, um, calling Sean, not you, Sean, <laughs> calling little Alex Horn an asshole constantly. It's like, it's not quite it. But yeah. she did actually understand the game part of it, but the unrelenting aggression was was sort of too much for me. And Reggie Watts, who I adore, is not a taskmaster. Mm -hmm. You know, not a taskmaster. So yes, I would I would shield your innocent eyes from it and enjoy, you know, the other iterations. What what have you have you enjoyed New Zealand, Taskmaster New Zealand? Yes, I have seen all three seasons. I love them. Um I love Paul, big Paul fan over here. We're mm -hmm. we're a big Paul household over here, the strong Fahey household. Yes, 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 us too. So you'll notice with this, of course, same location. Yes, okay, so like it is filmed in New Zealand, right? Like I'm not making that mm -hmm. like, okay, I knew it was the same location, but then I was like, well, do they film New Zealand in Australia? And then I was also like, wow, the scheduling must have been really tough with this one to like have to overlap certain people or like make the flight to New Zealand like a couple of times. I was really, I was really thrown off by the logistics of it. Yes, they filmed the studio uh, in uh, Melbourne, Sean, is it? Oh, Sydney. Sydney. It is Sydney, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, the house and the, the scheduling would have been very interesting, which is apparently, I didn't know this, even a you know very long-term Taskmaster fan, I didn't realise that they sometimes and generally pick the teams depending on people's availability. But they always seem to make it work, you know, the old ones or the men or the, you know, or some sort of crazy uh, combo. What have you thought of Taskmaster? How are we doing? Give us a report card on Taskmaster Australia up through this uh, episode episode eight dumb in unison which is a brilliant title 
I'm giving it at least an A minus. Honestly, I Ooh. I think the last time you and I talked, um, I think I'd only seen one episode, and mm-hmm. I was like, it's not quite like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't quite like there yet. But I thought by episode two they really had their footing. Where I found Taskmaster New Zealand like almost took a full season to really for me to like get to get it. Um, but I thought right away with Taskmaster Australia, it just like, it clicked. Um, there, there's obviously some people I don't love, but that happens. I find, um, the, the more Tom, um, I, I love him as the Taskmaster. I think he has like a certain charm that is different from Greg Davies, who I very much love and better than Jeremy, who I think is hot and I tolerate. Um, but, um, and then the lesser Tom, I think he gives a really fun energy that I don't think we get from Paul and from Alex, because I find Paul and Alex on like the, like a pretty similar wavelength of, um, like socially like awkward, I guess, or like, um, such a straight shooter, like so dry where I feel like. Tom has a little bit more like light in his eyes about it, I guess. Like he's willing to break, um, you know, he's willing to laugh along with everyone. And I would say like, I want him to move away from the shtick of him um, just, just being the assistant or being like, you know, the little bitch boy to um, more Tom in a way that like Alex is to Greg and stuff. I would like to see him kind of develop his own little like Taskmaster character that's a little different than what we usually see from the Taskmaster assistant. I feel like in some of the tasks this week, he was starting to do that in that he was starting to like with Nina in one of the tasks, baiting her into saying specific things that he knew would reflect badly for her in the studio and being cheeky in that way and really like playing with the power dynamic in that way when he knows exactly what she's done wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit different to what Alex or Paul would potentially do, where they might just let it happen and wait till they get back to the studio to point it out. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because um, uh, main Tom is saying he's his assistant but not doing that sort of denigration thing that we get, the wonderful between Greg and, and um, Alex. Yeah. So I think there is a development of that relationship. And I've said this before on the on the podcast that, the relationship in the Norway version, because Scandinavians, everyone's equal. So you have, it's, I was thinking it's going to be very interesting how they do this taskmaster assistant relationship. And it's like, they're much more like a double act. And they're much more like us against the contestants, us together against the contestants. And I think in a very different way, we probably can see the Toms starting to do that as well. Especially because they are the Toms, right? Like it's, it's like a built in, double double act like you said that's really interesting to me and I think I think once we get into season like once we get into season two we will see more of that as Taskmaster Australia finds its footing as its own entity rather than just like a spinoff mm-hmm. and I and I think that we came out of the gate strongly if I may praise us because Tom Gleason is such a consummate performer he made up his own quiz show it's called Hard Quiz and it's fantastic. That is the persona of Hard Quiz. Just coincidentally, two of my friends have actually won Hard Quiz, but it's very hard to win. It's very hard to stand there and withstand Tom being, I mean, I went to one of the tapings and what doesn't get on air is like five times the abuse that he gives them on air. So he already came formed. And I think that's been a really good anchor for the first Australian season. Whereas Jeremy now by in New Zealand by season three, the joke is that he's not very good and it's almost mm-hmm. acknowledged on the show. And that's fine, but I think it weakens the it just weakens the 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 franchise a little bit, plumped up by, you know, we're huge Paul stands here. What have you thought of the five contestants? Don't hold back. I um collectively I wish I Actually, collectively, I do like them. Individually, I have really high highs in some pretty, like, middling to lows, and I feel bad about it. I 
I, I mean, I am a I am a Danielle girl through and through. Danielle, Yay. Is, yeah, she's the exact type of contestant I love. She, like, I love the the like young to middle aged women who wear fancy dresses in the studio, who like have their head on straight during the tasks, but then sometimes just completely lose their minds. Like, they are like good 85% of the time, but that 15% of the time when they accidentally lose it, like it's just gold. I Danielle has had me in literal tears at least once an episode. Like I just find her so funny and so sharp. Um, I really like Julia. I also love, I love the older woman contestant who like doesn't know what's happening around them by accident. Um, and I would say, um, we have Luke, right? Luke's his name? Luke, yes. I like Luke. I don't love Luke. I think his, like, self-deprecation sometimes. I'm just like, baby boy, like, support yourself. Like, you can do this. Um, Jimmy's usually not my type of person. Like, I just, he's the type of guy who's just, like, has been told he's funny, but not for, like, any particular reason. Well, it's interesting. I mean, Tom, main Tom has said, you know, for, for comedians and Jimmy. And... You know, it feels like all, that. All yeah. up to Jimmy. He's not a comedian. And I've said yeah. before and I'll say again, when he tries to be funny, he's not. And when he doesn't try, he is. And unfortunately, uh, with this episode, I felt like he tried to be funny the entire time. And Jimmy, it just just let just be Jimmy. Just let yourself be. Yeah. And I I really wish I liked Nina, but she just bothers me. And I feel really bad about it because I'm I'm sure she's like lovely in person and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But she's like she has like the Lou Saunders confidence without the follow through. And I don't like Lou Saunders. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't love the, like, well, I'm the, I'm the best attitude you know? where it, and mm -hmm. then it, it just like, it's funny that it like doesn't work out for her. And I would say like my favorite moments of Nina are tied with Danielle. Like when Danielle stole Nina shoes like I liked that made me like Nina or I think it was in this episode where they are like speaking in sync that made me like Nina but other than that like I just I wish I liked her but I just don't mm. I've been so fond of her and the first prize task was you know the most beautiful thing and she brought a, lip, uh, a cigarette butt from the gutter with lipstick on it and I thought oh, brilliant oh I know who you are this is amazing and consistently her her prize tasks have been appalling. And then when with what she brought this week, I, Nina, I still love you, but boo, like your prize tasks, I have held on, held on because of that cigarette butt and the what you brought this week, I thought, no, no. If, I do love her outfits, so I think she, yes. besides Danielle, I think she has the best outfits. Yes, and I did like last week where she was having the best day of her life and the worst day of her life. So, you know. Uh, Sean, why don't you take us through this prize task? Yeah, so our prize task this week was to bring in the most cursed thing. And would either of you have something around your house that you would consider the most cursed thing that you own? I wouldn't keep it in my house. I would say my cat. Um, Ooh, why is that? So he's a black cat, so, like, just inherently cursed. Um, and also he is just a lunatic who loves biting so i would say like those two things together is pretty cursed yeah sounds like it what about you sean do you have anything cursed in your house i was trying to find an image that i had from going to this festival in ballarat which is a country town like years ago where it was like this um light festival at night and there was this float that looked like a giant uncle fester head from um the adams family but the nose was weirdly like a penis and it was the mm. most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know why it was involved in a family festival. Tell us about these cursed things. So first up, we had Danielle, who brought in a tiki mug, which she said was cursed, because it had a real chicken bone um, going through it and her wisdom teeth, which it looked really creepy. I don't know why tiki stuff can really balance between being cool and creepy at the same time. And I don't know how it does that overall, but I thought this was a pretty strong starting point to go with because I don't know, something about just having a real chicken bone involved with it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. The teeth made me uncomfortable. Teeth are the... even teeth are weird in general when someone has teeth that aren't in a mouth. 
that's strange. To yeah, keep. I'm out. I'm, I don't want to be at that party if somebody has brought out their teeth. It's like <laughs> even when like having a small child, people who keep their child's teeth when they fall out, that creeps me off for some reason. Like that's so gross. There must be so much bacteria on that that's going to keep developing I didn't over even time. Think that. And they're so Ugh. like creepy and tiny when they're children's teeth. Ugh, bleh. Okay, bleh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but is so, that is that cursed? Or is well, that it... repulsive? I think the teeth are repulsive. Mm, the yeah. mug elevates it to curse. Yes, I, I would have to agree. If it was just loose wisdom teeth, not that cursed. But yeah. this mug, I I don't know how it only got three points. I don't know how it only got three points. I think the fix was in against Danielle this week. Uh, yeah. I've I've generally sort of gone with Main Tom. I thought he's had a few. Yeah, I would have done it a different way. To me, Danielle was far. Anyway, we'll get we'll, we'll mm. get into it. I imagine if I had this mug in my house that I would turn away and when I turned back, it would just be slightly turned. I would or not I would, have this mug in my house. Itself. It's not allowed. Or, yeah. it's, no, no, no. it's not it's allowed. It's making me think of the troll doll from Community that Troy Definitely. just sees all the time yeah. and just in yeah. the darkest yeah. timeline. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm like then pretty we... superstitious, so like I wouldn't even want to bring this energy into my home. The other <laughs> stuff is like okay whatever but like truly this like i don't i it cannot enter my home next up we had luke bringing in a cursed photo of his actual head which i think at this point luke is just playing to tom gleason because i felt like this was a pretty weak option to give in because if this photo was truly cursed you would delete it it would be more so Joe would actually be a really good cursed item. Do you remember when um, U2 forced everyone to have an album on their phone? And no yes. matter what you did to delete it, it kept coming back. That would be a good example. It's like if this phone kept coming, if this photo kept coming back over and over again, I feel like that would be a cool version of like that being cursed. Like you can't get rid of it. But otherwise, I feel like it's kind of weak by comparison and was potentially overscored just by um, the fact that Tom Gleason really wants to make fun of Luke. Yeah, it wasn't even that bad of a photo. I kind of approve of, and as Danielle said, you're just doing that so you can give him five points. And he was, and I, I sort of approve of that. But but as the uh, episode went on and Danielle was consistently underscored, I was like, rumpf. <laughs> then next we had Nina bringing a rotten zucchini from her fridge. They'd been there for about a month, she said. And Tom Gleason pretty correctly pointed out, saying that it's not cursed, that's just laziness. <laughs> and why should I reward you points for just not taking care of produce in your refrigerator? Personally, like as a adult now, who doesn't clean out their fridge like once a week to make sure there's nothing gross inside it? But uh, that zucchini looked terrifying. I have been victim to a rotten zucchini in my fridge once or twice. Oh, mm -hmm. it gets so mushy and oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. I will puke. I <laughs> will. Don't it. To yeah, me, zucchinis are cursed anyway. I hate them. <laughs> fresh or otherwise i did pluck out of my uh, crisper drawer last night a perfectly dried i don't quite know what it was originally maybe a capsicum i don't know it was a a dried up green black thing but it wasn't mushy like that it was dried it was fascinating i don't know what it was i threw it away maybe i should have eaten it i do i definitely don't think you should have eaten it <laughs> this is where i suddenly thought nina you're just you know, 10 minutes before the car comes to pick you up to take you to the studio, you're just picking something up. So well, like, I the... almost feel like she's like trying too hard to like do stuff like this. Like that's yeah. the that's like the vibe I get is that she's like, you know, be funny, a rotten zucchini because it shows what a mess I am. And I'm such a mess. And like it just I was like, OK, yeah, yeah, I would I would like to go and see one of her shows. I've heard from someone who saw her live. And said she's she's pretty fantastic, but she's very out there. Uh, it's sort of an even bigger version of what we see, and maybe maybe it's a brand thing. Whereas I just find Danielle, you know, it, we've become the Danielle Stan pod. You know, is very authentic. Mm -hmm. But perhaps that's well, me being a bit, a bit judgy on on Nina, who I have, who is uh, Sean's Winnipeg. Well, along those same lines, with um, anyone who is interested in seeing any of these performers live, for anyone who likes Taskmaster New Zealand, if you're a listener from Melbourne, a large portion of the Taskmaster New Zealand casts are doing shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So Paul Williams has a run of shows, Guy Montgomery, Guy Williams, um, Ursula Carlson has a show. Um, I think there's a couple more as well. And so 
there's a whole lot of New Zealand Taskmaster happening in Melbourne over the next month. That would be for is that the Melbourne Comedy Festival? Yeah, for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Mm, I've played the Melbourne so, Comedy Festival, just FYI. Many years ago now. Many, many years? Many, many years ago. Yes. Yes. Last century. Jimmy, I like this from Jimmy. Jimmy had a like this is very in the same vein as his idea from last week with the barbecue, but in this case he brought in a fishing rod. And I like that he led with the fishing rod but didn't give the reasoning for it and waited to be questioned. And then said, it doesn't catch fish. And that actually like made me like it more than I feel like I should have um, in this case, because a lot of people will have fairly like inane, inanimate objects that they say are cursed just because it doesn't do the thing that they want it to do. It was fine. I mean, he knocked it out of the park with the barbecue last mm. week. That was peak Jimmy. Yeah, I just didn't get this one as much or like he was like because i'm cursed i'm like okay cool <laughs> i wish i wish we were on video Haley's face is just like perfect <laughs> like i get it i guess but like yeah i like the barbecue last week this week i'm like okay whatever yeah like he's trying to be funny he's trying to be funny you know it made me when you said guy williams like it made me think of like him where he's always trying to be funny and i'm just like ugh. I swear, Guy Williams, at first, I was always like, ugh. And then eventually, somehow, he broke me when he was doing oh. that. And so, at one point, I was just like, why do I suddenly find this shtick funny? I think it's just oh. like, it was like Stockholm Syndrome, that just after long enough, I was like, fine, you've got me. I'll just laugh whenever you do this now. And I don't know why. <laughs> well, if you're going to continue to watch, I mean, we don't want to we don't want to have a bad time. Yeah. Well, and um, lastly, we move on to what I Julia, think is my favorite yes. of all the options. So, Julia and her engagement ring. And I thought with the fact that she's mentioned that she was a divorced many times throughout the series so far, just her engagement ring enough had me thinking, well, that's a pretty. Like, yeah, that's cursed. Like, that's you got idea. it, girl. That is cursed, and my friend. That's then five to get points. the story yeah. behind it as well of the diamond that broke, I think it was 21 years ago. And then she finally got it fixed. And within a short period of it being fixed, then her marriage broke down. I was like, that is an incredible story to go with that. I was like, how is this not getting five points? Yeah, I agree. I would have put her at the top or and then Danielle. That's how I would have scored that. How about you, Hayley? I'm exactly the same. I would even hear um this might Almost be flip them. Yeah. No, Ju no, I'm giving Julia 5 points. I'm giving Danielle 4 points. I'm giving the other 3 1 point. Oh, well we've seen that main Tom is capable of doing that. You know, right from the well, he DQ people in the first episode and he is playing with um points a little more so i think as again as seasons go on we are going to find more of that it wasn't good enough you get one point yeah. because some people he said oh you're lucky you you'd be you'll be surprised you're getting two points but it's only because this other person was so bad give them both one yeah yeah Haley, take us to the first outdoor well out out of studio task task two what was happening there uh so this one's a two-parter Part one, what's your favorite color? Uh, and what's the fanciest word you know? Part two, correctly spell your fanciest word using items that are your favorite color. Fastest wins. <laughs> what did you think of this task? I thought it was cute. I like I I'm really impressed that I haven't seen any crossover of tasks from New Zealand or um, the British version and that they're all unique. They're not all winners, but I did think this one was like cute enough. I love a two-part task where they just kind of, you know, stab themselves in the foot or whatever the expression is. Um, and then having to find things that are that color in the house, I feel like would be pretty difficult. I love Danielle's Le Group, but we love Danielle's. We, we <laughs> are Danielle stands here. Yeah, we, we can't are. help ourselves. Yeah. yeah. She's her colors green, her words lugubrious, and she spells lugubrious in blades of grass in two minutes and 41 seconds. I mean, it was mwah, chef's kiss. And then in the studio, she had a gorgeous a reason why that word came to her, which is a child called her lugubrious. That's <laughs> just such a great story. It was great, it was funny. Who else did you like in this task? Julia was obviously the best but I feel like we need to dedicate more time to her. So uh, we have two people who didn't spell the word correctly. 
Uh, and then we had Jimmy. Yes, he had such an easy word, palava. It's exactly how, it's spelled exactly how you say it. What is that? Palava is like a fuss, uh, you know, oh, such a palava getting out the door today. I cool, couldn't cool, find cool, my cool, keys cool. and my hat fell off and my child vomited into my cupped hands. And see, you know, just hearing it, I would expect it would just end with an A. Hearing oh. it from you guys. No, that's <laughs> Pavlova. That's Pavlova. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, my husband and I, we watch a lot of Richard Osman's House of Games. and one of Oh, like, such a great show. But one of the games is rhyme time. And sometimes it's like, if it ends in like an R like that, we're like, that word does not rhyme with the other word that you mm-hmm. just said. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, pity accent. all Australians. Many years ago, in the first run of Seinfeld, when we thought this amazing show coming out of America, coming out of New York, and we loved it, and it was all brilliant. And the episode where Jerry can't remember the name of the girl that he's going out with, and then he finds out it rhymes with a, a sexual organ, and we're all very excited. And then the very last minute, he remembers what her name is and he flings open his window and he calls out Dolores out the window and every single Australian went, what? What does that rhyme with? It's not, it's not how we say it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting. So he didn't do very well with Palava. And what about Luke. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this. It's too many letters touching. <laughs> not the way Luke spelled it. <laughs> I like, I don't like, I, I don't know. Sometimes when you have too many things touching that d- shouldn't be touching, I just get confused. And this is one of them. Yeah. So his words acquiesce and he, his favorite color is green as is mine, as is Danielle's. So there you go. And he, I thought quite clear. It's not, a creative solution in terms of the look of it, but he just got a green pen and wrote down acquiesce. His problem was he had three goes at it and none of them were anywhere close. <laughs> to be, yeah, to be fair, I don't even know if I could pronounce it, even though I just heard you say it like four times. I don't, I don't think I have it in me. And what about um, Nina? Did you like what she did? I mean, it was fine. Encyclopedia. Um, again, I don't think I, I always like picture myself on these shows and I wonder if I would get dinged for the way I would spell encyclopedia because I wouldn't have that little A in there after the P because that's just Uh how we spell it. I think they must accept both because they're both correct spellings. I don't know which way she spelt it. I don't think she did A. I think she did E. Nina and I have the same favorite color. I'm also a big purple purple. girly. Yep. Would you spend four minutes of your time tasks showing Tom cute buttons? I genuinely think I would spend more than four minutes <laughs> doing that. What makes I, a button cute? It's just, I don't know, actually. It's it's not like, it's not something you could describe. It's just something you feel. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like pornography. You know it when you see it. Yeah. And I just, I feel like if I were in these tasks and it was like, shortest time wins i would forget about that aspect of it and just live my life yeah i think that's what made luke kind of smart in this task which is ironic when he couldn't spell acquiesce but to just go with the crayon to write the word in that color barely anyone had the idea to just write the word in that color because they're like i need to find objects or make objects this color and kind it of just feels all like not the, the time. spirit of it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because Jimmy said, "Well, I could just write it in a red pen, but that's that's not that's not right." Mm. <laughs> I actually genuinely really liked the um, drone shot of Nina's on the hood of the Ute. Looked really cool, made out in that way, um, mm-hmm. compared to Luke's child child scribble on some paper. Three versions incorrectly spelled. He did ask uh, Lesser Tom to look it up for him, but that went against the spirit of the task. And um, what about Julia? She chose Cerise, which uh, is a beautiful pink color, and her word was anti disestablishmentarialism. God, I was so close. Um, and um, this was just this was just perfect, perfect her. This was just exactly who she is in a task. The one who tries to do the least possible at any given moment. And then it took her almost an hour. 
and it was just like chaos and like i couldn't even when when they were like okay like this is how it's laid out i like couldn't even follow i couldn't follow it i didn't know what was happening and just her at the last final shot of it with her just like unhinged because she had like painted it on her face and she just painted all of these little items it was great i it was a great time for, for me, not a, for her. Yes, uh, it was wonderful. She was wearing a Cerise cardigan, which she she used at one point for a letter. Yes, I mean, Lester Tom said in the studio that they had to go back and digitally look at each letter and look at the layout to make sure that she spelled it correctly, which she did. Sean, did you enjoy this task? I did. There's something, also, I love this task in general, that I love the two part of it without them knowing what's going to happen because it's kind of disarming to say, what's your favourite colour? And then what's the fanciest word you know? You don't really think into that much deeper. And you wouldn't be, th- like, I feel like as well, the first question is going to distract you more than the second one. And so you're not going to be thinking about the impact of that fancy word. So saying something like anti-disestablishmentarianism is going to then backfire on you later. And I love when we see these absolute kind of, person going spiraling into insanity of spelling a gigantic word like we get with julia it's so funny when you watch it because when you see all the cut up footage it feels like it must have been longer than 50 minutes and yet it was only 50 minutes but we Mm -hmm. see so much of that just absolute chaos that occurred and julia's descent into madness that we so often get and it's beautiful every single time that it's such a simple task but such an effective and fun um thing to put on the contestants she never gave up. No. She, there was never a moment when she went, oh, you know, fuck this for a game of soldiers and just left. She went right through to the end where her her face became the M with two slashes down the side of her face and then her tongue being the middle of the M. I mean, brilliant. Uh, loved it. I feel like her brain must never stop because she's constantly just being like, okay, what's the idea for this? All right, cool, let's do it. And she's just go, go, go. And it's often first idea, best idea. But she's mm-hmm. so committed to that that it's either going to be over in a few seconds or it's going to take her that almost an hour. And <laughs> either way, it tends to be a pretty entertaining outcome. Yes, I'm I'm a, a big Julia fan. And I love that Julia and Danielle are in a team together. It just makes complete sense. Yeah. Before the first team challenge, my husband looked at me. He's like, who do you want the team to be? I was like, my dream team is just like Danielle and Julia. And I don't think they're ever going to give it to me because they never put like my absolute faves together. And then... It was just the two of them. And I was like, fine, finally, they're listening to me. Not only two of them in a team, but untainted by uh, one of the bad improv troupe, which would have would have disturbed the delicate balance of the one who's oh. very task-oriented and the one who's very entertainment-oriented. Yeah. So task three we had, I love music tasks, and I was not let down here. This is create and perform a celebratory theme tune. The best theme tune that celebrates you wins. You have 45 minutes. I'm assuming 45 minutes was without the camera trickery, the editing trickery, but maybe I'm wrong. And here we saw Lesser Tom really get in on the act. So Nina had Tom on guitar and herself on drums with a recorder solo. Uh, Luke put Tom on keyboards and backing vocals, as I've called it, and he was on guitar. Julia improvised uh, an inner thigh slapping sort of country hoedown song, but apparently she experimented with 17 different genres before she got to there. Jimmy was a sort of odd spoken word thing. Tom hoping it was like the voice, but his chair wouldn't move. And then Danielle, our queen, with a power rock ballad with smoke and a hair fan, voice of an angel, ass of a demon. Haley, what did you think of this task? I It didn't capture my attention as much as I would have liked to. Maybe it was just because of where I was in my work day when I watched this. So hopefully nobody's mm-hmm. listening to this. But I also like, I, I have no recollection of Jimmy's whatsoever. Like it just, you said like it was a spoken word. I was like, that's new to me what that's interesting um and then nina and luke i feel like i took in but like didn't really like take it in um it wasn't until like julia's where i was like what is happening here and then danielle's where i was like oh boy but her danielle seemed really long so i think i was there Mm. in the beginning and kind of tuned out in the middle and like came right back for the end um so i'd have to say like julia was my favorite i think she deserved the five points here (laughs) once again Julia and that table have led to some strange outcomes in this season. 
They're going to have to burn that table. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Nina and the lake, Julia and this table have had some strangely intimate circumstances. What did you think of the task, Sean? So I was kind of surprised that they all went for such kind of like ballads or big songs about themselves. Because I was thinking more from a Australian sport culture that so many sporting teams in Australia have kind of like a sporting anthem for their team that they sing in a victory. I was thinking more along those lines of something that's more like kind of like a um, short chant or like verse chorus type thing that's all very celebratory. Whereas these were a lot more like storytelling type um, songs for the most part. And so I felt like a lot of them could have been kind of shorter and punchier, but Danielle's Mm -hmm. was still, I think the coolest overall in terms of aesthetic and kind of vibe of it. And Julia and her chaotic nature of just improvising probably led to one of the funnier outcomes as well. I was also really impressed with Nina's recorder skills. Yes. That caught me very much off guard. Yes. I like that she pulled that out. I I liked Luke's because of the backwards and forwards with, with Tom and some callbacks to, you know, being the best person in the whole world. And also because of his self-deprecating humor, when you ask him to praise himself, you always get something fun. I liked it. I love the music tasks. This is no song for a stranger, that's for sure. One of the peaks, if you need to know the peak of the UK, Taskmaster Music Tasks, it's song for a stranger, (laughs) Task and Berry. Or the um, National Anthem for Libya. National Anthem for Libya, yes, yes, a very close second. Sean, take us to Task 4. All right, so for Task 4, we actually had essentially a request that I was making last week that I wanted more messy tasks. And what I was meaning by that is tasks involving paint and potential mess. So for task four, we had on the canvas below, paint an accurate map of Australia. The canvas cannot leave the ground. All painting must be done from the balcony. And the most accurate map of Australia wins. You have 13 minutes. So I love this idea on multiple levels in that the complexity of having it be from higher up down to the ground and trying to create a solution for that as well as I do like that they're adding some Australian elements to these tasks to make it really feel like an Australian version of the show and set it apart in that way even silly little simple versions like this so first up we had Jimmy who at one point tied an oar to a rope and was trying to paint lines with that which was a very (laughs) questionable choice in terms of the physics of that We've seen these oars in the in the uh, in the season. They pop out at various times, and they're always good value. (laughs) Yeah, we had Luke, who very cleverly asked Tom to move the canvas around as he flings paint. What I was expecting to happen there is that Tom is that Luke was just going to have a straight stream of paint coming down, and expecting Tom to then move the canvas in the shape of Australia. But it wasn't quite that. But still, was quite effective. At one point, he had a black outline that was. Perfect. Yeah. He should have stopped there. (laughs) He still got the five points. Julia gave up almost immediately, but I do enjoy that she started with New New Zealand and drawing that in first as a basis for, and I wonder how much that came from the fact that they were in New Zealand and she had it on her mind. But I like that as a starting point. And then we had Danielle and Nina, who both painted on the drop cloth, and it led to one of the more controversial moments of the episode in arguing that, well, it said paint on the canvas below. This drop cloth is made of canvas. It is below us. We are on the balcony. And so what was your thoughts on this task overall and the controversy that came from it, Haley? I think they are um, free to have that way in their thinking and free to argue it. But I also think Tom is free to be like, no, this is what I believe the rules are. And I appreciate that. Like they tried to think outside the box, but I also love that Tom is like, nope, that is not the spirit of what this was. And you know that, but I love, I love when that happens. I think that's so funny. And I, I thought this was a fun task. Again, I agree with you, Sean. I like a messy challenge or a messy task and I love a map. I, How would you have done drawing Australia? I would have done re- excellent. Yes. I, do you want to I give us a quick free hand a, now? <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh, do you want me to? Okay. Yes. Me one second. Uh, Live okay. task. While, Live while task. you're doing that, one thing that I did like that Jimmy attempted on this was where he tried to paint Australia on the um, 
the thing that you put paint on, which I forget the net, the palette. He tried to paint Australia on that and then throw that over the balcony sold land face down on the canvas. Oh, I'm going to screenshot this amazing. Hold on. Sorry, oh, I didn't put the states in. If you want me to, wait. No, no. Well, to do no. A quick state. Can we can we make this a bit like pin the tail on the donkey? Could you put an X where you think Sarah and I currently are? Oh, okay. Um, we okay, Sarah. Where do you live? I live in Sydney. Okay, so Sydney is like. Here we go. That is a very good. Look, she's put Tasmania. Of course. Why would I forget Tasmania? Okay, that was so, also I believe so quick. Sid- I believe Sydney is like right here. Dot, if you say dot? so yeah if you say okay. so and then sean where do i you don't live? i literally don't know if you're right or not sean i'm west know. of melbourne so i think melbourne mel is it is it more i think melbourne's more south is it not it's I south think it's, of sydney i can give you yeah that. i think it's like right here oh that's pretty good melbourne and yeah. then Sydney. Oh, it's Brisbane. Brisbane, that's up here. That, okay, that's what I was confusing up, myself yeah, with. It's, uh, Brisbane's underneath far north Queensland. So, podcasting a famously visual medium, we will certainly put the screenshot. You did extremely well, and Thank as you. you can see, I couldn't put Sydney on a map. I'm terrible at geography. That was I once impressive. took a class in university because I heard on the first day you get to label a map of Africa. I'm just impressed with the speed you did that. You would be nailing an in-studio live task because often when I hear 100 seconds to draw something, like that's not enough time. You did that in like 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wow. impressed two Australians with it, which I'm I'm glad about. I Like halfway through, oh, I got a little completely. nervous. I was like, oh, no, they're going to like think this is ridiculous. Not, but Not at all. The placement of Tasmania was mwah. All right. Haley, tell us about this live studio task, and I'm sure you knew all the icons. That they were <laughs> uh, choose a suitcase, open your suitcase, and use the contents to transform your face into an Australian icon. The suitcase must stay up until you are asked to reveal your face. You have 100 seconds. Uh, best transformation wins. Yeah, I would say some of these I didn't really get, but some of them I could appreciate for what it was. Did um, you like the tasks as 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 the invention of the task, the creativity of I the loved task. it. I thought this was fantastic. I would say sometimes I don't always love the in-studio tasks, but I thought that this one Agreed. was a lot of fun and, like, took a lot of creativity. Um, I liked that the person who had the easiest suitcase. So all the suitcases matched and they selected them blind, as it were. Jimmy had makeup. He had literal makeup and it didn't even look like he had any makeup, makeup on. Mm-hmm. This what I was yeah. annoyed by this, and he was like, "Wow, it's hard to open. Like, get a life, dude." Yes, Sean, you're laughing. You saw the the pale lavender eyeshadow once we got the zoom. Because, like, I just imagine if I opened the suitcase and it had the makeup in it, I'd just be finding the brightest color possible. Yeah, and going for that straight away and just like mashing just it over my eyes yes. and face and just like hoping for yes. the best, or looking for white and trying to make myself into a clown of some sort, or a pencil. Just open one thing. Like, yes. Uh, so Danielle's, again, I cannot hold back. It was brilliant. She had art supplies and hers was so simple and so brilliant. She was the big pineapple. We have a lot of big things, Haley. I don't know if you have oh, big okay, things okay. in North America. Yeah. So yeah. she was the big pineapple. She took her wonderful blonde hair, piled it on top of her head, and then she simply got a black texter or a black marker. I don't know what you call them there. And she put some X's on her face. That was it. And she was I, a pineapple. I very much was like, that's a pineapple. Like, I knew yes. what was happening. I sure How not. she got only three points, I was I was big mad on that one too. Yeah, because I love the way she used her hair to be the top of a pineapple. It was such an effective that, use of it. Incredible. Um, Nina had pasta, which she held under her chin, claimed to be the big banana. When it was suggested she could have been Ned Kelly, she said he has a square thing on his head, also called a helmet, Nina, just in case you need to say it again. You guys uh, have a lot of big stuff. We do. It's Sign yeah, me up like, for the big prawn. I am in. Yes, when you come. I think there's multiple big, big prawns. There's multiple yeah. big prawns. I multiple would say two prawns, towns yeah. over, there is a giant mud cat, which is a fish. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so we do have some giant stuff. We have a giant nickel. I'm trying to think what else we have. Giant. We have a giant ram, and you can yeah, have a cup a of tea inside the giant ram. 
Okay, in, that sounds like a great time. Yeah. Okay, it's just down the road from me, so yeah. we can go. In South Australia, there's a giant rocking horse, there's a giant koala. Uh, it's just a big thing that like people would build big versions of things to sell for a gift shop in the bottom yeah. to I sell overpriced things to tourism. And why not? And the and the gaudier the better, I think. I'm in. Mm. Um, um, I, I do feel like the pasta was the hardest by far. Yeah, I feel like I would have used the pasta to make long hair of some sort, but then I'd need to think of an icon with long hair. Mm-hmm. Justice Michael Kirby. Oh, yeah, you can make it yeah, into a – yeah, I guess as long as you can Judge's sell it, that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke had stationery. He put stripes on three Post-it notes and stuck them to his face. He was a Tasmanian tiger. He got four points for it. I think Danielle's was – It was better. Like, I understood yeah, that he was better. a tiger. I liked Luke's more than oh. I feel like I should have. I think the simplicity like and low Luke's. effort of it yes. made me really like it. But I do yes. think the big pineapple was better, especially there's something about drawing with pen directly on your skin that shows more commitment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Why didn't Luke draw directly on yeah. his skin? <laughs> but I, I liked the – yes, I'm with, with you, Hayley. The in-studio tasks sometimes, in general, over tasks master many, many – are not so good. I have found the in-studio tasks in this season to be generally very, very good. And I'm not just saying that because of our guest next week. So the big pineapple and the Tasmanian tiger and the actual winner, Julia, I thought they all could have, you know, had five points had the others not not been in in their um in their way. But tell us about Jimmy and Julia, Haley. Jimmy and Julia both did Dame Edna. Now, this is a character that I feel like I have seen before. Julia got the five points with her fruit platter, and uh, Jimmy got one point with the makeup because uh, he just botched it. Was Julia's good? Like, what? Like, I don't know if I would have so, picked that out. I, I don't I know like, if it would have, like, hit me in the face. Like, oh, feel, that's what that is. I feel like Julia's with the grapes on the glasses. The grapes really on the glasses. Like, okay, that's fair. Yes, that yeah, is the fair. rest of it didn't really work for me in terms of no. Dame Edna, but the grapes and the glasses really were iconic to the Dame Edna type look. Um, so that really stood out. And I think she could have done yeah, that. Yeah, even though she's done. never literally worn grapes on a glass. She, she might have. Sorry, Barry, if you have. But it's the cat eye. It's the wings on the side of the glasses. She wears these extraordinary glasses. So had she just popped up with grapes on her glasses, I would have known that she was Dame Edna. So again, like Luke and Danielle, the simplicity of that one Taking that one thing, I think, uh, was was really good. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we've always had drag, everybody. We have always had drag. All right. So we find out that Julia won the episode with twenty one points, with Luke coming second, his best showing ever. He's my he was my winner pick, Haley, with eighteen points. I did think he was scoring well. But Julia was just a juggernaut this week. Did you agree, Haley? I yeah, yeah. But I also feel like I feel like Danielle got underscored on a lot of stuff. I couldn't agree more. Danielle was to be seven points behind the top when Danielle had an absolute killer episode. Yeah, like you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine with her getting one point in the. drop cl- or the uh, painting task honestly yeah. i think she could have probably gone zero there but i think only getting two points for the song was absurd i think gosh what else was absurd? i think the the, yeah those two things that she should have got up i think the big pineapple she should have been at least in fourth place for that or you know second, second place, place for yes. that yeah. so like she lost a lot she lost enough points that she should, in my opinion, be in the overall lead, and she's not. Maybe Danielle's yes. cursed. Maybe could be da- cursed. Yeah, maybe no, Danielle's no. cursed. Maybe, to- yes. maybe Tom is a jealous little biatch, and he's jealous of Danielle. <laughs> and he's, like, underscoring her on purpose. That is yes. me being a conspiracy theorist. Or we need to peek at Julia's contract. Yeah, he's trying to gatekeep the older generation who can afford a house. So he's trying to just keep them winning <laughs> for them. I don't mind him being capricious. I don't mind not agreeing with him. It's just this episode, like to have three three tasks where somebody I felt was the same person was always underscored. I go, come on, Tom. Yeah. But there's so there's been movement in the season leaderboard. Danielle was leading. Uh, Julia was third. Now Julia's jumped to first with Danielle second. Only three points behind her. 
it's between the two. It's going to be one of them and we're going to be very yeah. happy, whichever that, one it that's is. Fair. I would yes. be happy with either of them. I am a Danielle stan as we have um, been through. Uh, mm-hmm. I She would have been my preseason pick. And I'm not just saying that because she's doing so well. She is no, always you the can person. Yeah. She's always the person I gravitate towards like that. This yes. character. She's like Laura Daniel, basically in New Zealand, but blonde. <laughs> Very blonde. A lot of blonde hair. And yeah. our winner picks, Sean, Nina and Luke, have finally clambered into hey, the three-figure point total. We are fighting for last place, and that is exciting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there's one point between them. So let's go to our superlatives. Haley, who was your most valuable player? Let me guess. It was Julia. It was Julia this episode. Oh. I thought, I honestly, I think the word task with the color, it just, it like, it, it was what stood out the most to me this, this episode. So she has to take it for me. And the ring moment was really good. And then it wasn't necessarily my favorite at the end with the Dame Edna, but she got the point. So I think like she was my MVP here. Yeah, and if you don't know the reference, like instantly those grapes, um, Sean and I and any other Australian would recognise. For me, I can't go past Danielle. I'm just a total fan, if only for voice of an angel, ass of a demon, which is I loved. Sean, your most valuable player? Yeah, so I think Julia probably did the best overall. But for me, I, I really enjoy on tasks like that song task where Danielle really, when they get given something creative, puts everything into it and puts so much effort into the the concept of what it was going to look like with the leaf blower blowing the hair back as a wind machine and then having such creative lyrics. It's hard to go past. Where did she get a smoke machine? (laughs) Exactly. Just that level of time and effort put into a task. Like I've got to reward that. And Hayley, you're the best task for you. I'm having a hard time with this because I, liked all of these but I didn't love any of them I would say probably if I had to pick my absolute favorite it would be the studio task I like the choosing the suitcase I thought that was fun yes because you've got no one to blame but yourself if you get a first suitcase yes look I I was the same for both best task and worst task I thought they were all good and all very much of a level but I'm going to say for my best task it's the music task Sean what about you I actually really liked I did like the um, word task, but I really like the paint the map of Australia task just for, because we haven't had anything like that so far this season. So it was really refreshing and something really different. Didn't necessarily have the results that I was expecting from it, but I just really enjoyed seeing it and the concept behind it. And your worst task, Sean? I would probably say, oh, on this one, I actually think the music task, it just didn't quite land for me like I was hoping that it would. The setup of it or what the contestants did with it? I think the what the contestants did with it, the execution mm-hmm. wasn't quite what I was hoping for. Yes. And Haley, did you have a worse task this week? I would say probably I'd have to agree with the music task just because that was the only one where I kind of like mentally bopped out for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as I said, for me, that I thought they were all good. Um, either the task setup was good and the execution was a little under or the task was, you know, slightly ordinary, but the execution lifted it. For me, if, if I had to pick, I would say the map of Australia. I have a quote this week and not from Main Tom. I'm going to depart. I'm going to quote Luke, who in his song claimed to have visited Perth uh, twice and in the studio he said I've actually visited Perth three times but I thought I was getting too arrogant so I just you know classic Luke and yes Haley just put Perth on the map in exactly the right place unbelievable can you do Adelaide you've done most of them now can you do Adelaide um Adelaide I think is more like here bring it closer to the like, like right around here. I think it's up the coast a little bit more. Not knowing where Adelaide is is pretty common to a lot of Australians. Yeah, we don't know where Adelaide is. I would put it in the centre, but I know that there are beaches, so, you know. Adelaide is the strangest place where their time zone is 30 minutes out from the rest of Australia. I'm so, sorry, what? 30? 3013. Yeah, 30 minutes. Oh, like, okay. Half an I hour thought you said, out. like, I thought you meant like one, three, and I was like, what the hell? We yeah. do have a province that is 30 minutes ahead of everything else, too, in mm-hmm. Newfoundland, which yes. is 
a wild place. So makes sense. Adelaide's wild, but in a very different way. Um, uh, Sean, did you have a quote this week? I was actually going to have the exact same quote from Luke because uh-huh. after how braggadocious that song was, to say that the way he wanted to pull it back was saying that he'd only been to Perth twice rather than three times was Wonderful. just perfectly on my sense of humour. Now, what we saw next time on and what we think it means, uh, again, as always, very little to glean, but there was lots of irritation and shouting, which I think bodes very well. Sean, what did you think? Once again, it's so hard to glean exactly any task that's occurring from these next time ons. But, and even then, all the time, the reaction shots end up very different to what they actually are in the episode. So in last week's next time on, we had a moment of Nina being praised, which was from the word spelling task. And it ended up looking completely different to what I was expecting based on the next time on. So it's so hard to predict. Oh, give me the irritation and shouting. I just think, oh, goody, because I love it when they lose their ish. And next week, indeed, episode nine, we will welcome Taskmaster, Task Creator, Sam Smith to break everything down and to make us mentally go back eight episodes and hope that we've always said very nice things about the tasks. (laughs) So thanks, Sean, for setting that up. Brilliant. Now, Hayley, what do you have going on and where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at eatstrong underscore. If you want to check out everything I am reading, I have a bookstagram. It's at the Strong Library. It is, I will say it's mostly romantic fiction. So if that's not your thing, then just pass on by. Podcast-wise, if you like the sound of my voice, well, lucky for you, there is nine years of it on the internet. Um, I have regular coverage of The Bachelor over on the Reality TV Rehab Ups Network under the Rob Has a Podcast umbrella. I also do Top Chef podcasting over there. And then Sarah and I a couple of weeks ago talked about uh, the second season of Next in Fashion as a one-off episode. So there is a lot of, of content. And if you, hey, if you want to listen more Taskmaster stuff, uh, me and Grace Leader have like covered some Taskmaster stuff over on that too. So I think if you just google taskmaster and rob has a podcast it will come up i don't know i don't know how google works so or go to rob has a website.com and then in the search bar put Haley strong all your stuff will come up yeah do I've, that that is effective and mm-hmm. there's a lot so enjoy. i have a very vivid memory of your one of your more recent taskmaster podcasts because when the most recent champion of champions came out i was on holiday in queensland um, up north in Australia, north it was Queensland? a beautiful day. Um, we're on oh, the Gold Coast, so highly, where is it? More tourist Queensland? area. <laughs> yeah, so Townsville. Where's Townsville? As we complete, Ooh, that I'm um, not sure of. No, no, where, where your pen was was Townsville. I remember it was. Um, I was going for a run in the afternoon, and I was like, I need a podcast to listen to, and it popped up in the Rob has a podcast feed. I was like, Oh my god, I haven't had a Taskmaster podcast before. It was the first time I'd ever listened to you and Grace talk about it, and it was. Um, I struggled on the run a few times because I was laughing too much. That is an honor. I'm going to cry. So <laughs> that is very nice of you to say. Now collect those tears in an egg cup, would you? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather do that than like sweat in the egg cup. That's mm. for sure. Uh, Sean, where can the people find you? So yeah, you can follow us at A Dash of Gingers on Twitter to keep up with our Taskmaster AU coverage. There's only two more episodes to go. And you can follow me at Sheena Bree on Twitter, where lately I've just been either complaining about Survivor US with the fact that there's a million idols and some strange production shenanigans going on, or with the fleeting days of Survivor Australia, where there's only two episodes to go before we find out a victor. And I'll continue to tweet memes about it and then go incredibly silent. How about you, Sarah? What's going on with you? Well, you can follow me at Sarah Carradine on Twitter if you would like to do that. I host a weekly true crime review podcast called Crime Scene, that's S-E-E-N, on RHAP, Reality TV Rehab Ups, with the great Mari Forth. And over there as well, I was a guest on the Perfect Match podcast, recapping the latest episode of Married at First Sight US with the wonderful Asia and Jason. And by the time you hear this podcast, Australian Survivor, Heroes versus Villains, would have reached its crescendo and we will know once and for all, <laughs> the fate of King George. You can go to Inside Survivor for my articles on the whole season. Thanks to Haley Strong for joining us. That's it until episode nine. Please send us your comments and questions on Twitter at 
a dash of gingers. And remember, all the information you need is in the task. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.